Coca, su naray, su naray en ti. 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 Hampo e Sanchamama, Hampo e Otorongo, Hampo e Kente, Hampo e Apuchin, Hampo e Santa Madre Tierra, Hampo e Padre Cielo. There is a river flowing very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel like their hearts are being torn apart and they will suffer greatly. The elders say, know that the river has a destination. You must let go of the shore. You must push deep into the middle of the river, keeping your eyes open and your heads over water and see who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, We are to take nothing personal, at least not ourselves. For the moment we do, our spiritual growth and journey comes to an halt. The time for the lone wolf is finally over. Gather yourselves. Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in sacred manner and in celebration because we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Aho! Hello, hi, welcome back to this new episode of the Mango TV podcast. Today we have, for the third time, Louis Vallotti. Louis Vallotti is the visionary behind the Genesis Holistic Medicine. He's a student of Dr. Gabor Mate in Compassion Inquiry, and Dr. Alberto Villoldo, initiated into the Peruvian Cuero lineage of shamanism, certified shamanic energy medicine practitioner and graduate of the Four Winds, he specializes in biohacking, self-inquiry, and deep mind technology. Welcome back, Louis. Thank you so much, Giancarlo. So for those who have been following the first two episodes, you know that um, we promised to dedicate one full episode per principle so the first one was um, biohacking the second one was uh, self-inquiry and now we will be going deeper in what deep mind technology means let's go thank you again Giancarlo so yeah we're coming to the final principle um, as you said Genesis has three principles three core principles uh, very much aligned to body mind spirit And in deep mind technology, we go into the principle of spirit. The way we translate that language is that we we work with energy medicine and we work with ancient lineage-based system of energy medicine. Uh, the two particular ones would be Chinese medicine and a shamanic energy system that comes from the Kero lineage in the uh, Andean mountains of Peru. 
So um, my journey into this lineage has come through a man called Dr. Alberto Violdo, which you uh, introduced in, uh, in the, the beginning of our podcast. And uh, today I am called to share about this lineage. It is, um, it is a very unique story. Um, it's a very unique lineage. It traces very far back in history. And I like to say what this lineage offers is an energy medicine system designed for the evolution of human consciousness. It is a prophetic system that comes to us particularly in this time of age to support humanity in their transition, in their evolutionary leap, in their full becoming. I can share a little bit about the heritage of the Keros, just to give some background. So the Keros, they are the descendants of the Incas, the Incas priests. And what happened around 500 years ago when the conquistadors came to Peru, the uh, Incan empires, as it was dissolving, as it was, um, was losing itself and falling, the Incan priests that held the highest teachings of their cosmology and lore escaped. And their way to escape was to um, travel as far up into the mountains as they could. Um, I believe we're talking around 14, 16,000 feet up uh, where they could seek refuge and hide. And what they hid was this oral tradition of the Keros, this energy medicine system. Yeah, like, like, like the Kogi did in Colombia. Um, you can say it's, it's similar. There are many uh, strains of original shamanism or, or energy medicine that are hidden this way, oral traditions that are kept very secret. Um, the Keros, they stayed 500 years in the mountaintops until they received what they call the signs of destiny, the signs of one of their last prophecies to come into fulfillment, being the prophecy they called the Pachakuti, the realizations of times to come. So 500 years later, in the 1950s, they came down to the mountains and they gathered one of the biggest tribal reunions uh, in, the, in the footsteps of the, the Andes, where shamanic tribes from all over Peru came together. And the, the story goes, when these other tribes saw the Keros come down from the mountains, they hadn't been seen for 500 years, but they were recognized because they were wearing the broderie and the emblems, emblems of the Incan priests. And that is when the, the saying came out, uh, you are the ones we have been waiting for. This, this, this true lineage, Native American lineage, that is the source of all the Native American teachings of shamanism. So just to give a, a, a final introduction, the Keros and the Inca, they originate from a migration of shamanism that comes from the Laika Indians. And the Laika, they traveled, they started their journey 30,000 years ago in the mountains of Himalaya. This is Himalayan shamanism. And the migration went through Mongolia, Siberia, the northern Scandinavian countries and the glaciers 
coming down to Alaska, Canada, North, Central, and South America. Along this 30,000-year-old um, pilgrimage, you will find settlements all over the world. And these are the settlements from this original Laika strain of Indians. Uh, Mongolian shamanism, Siberian shamanism, the uh, Lap uh, people of the north, the Eskimos of the north, the Hopi, the um, Dakota, the Mayan, the Aztec, they all lead to the original strain of the Incas and the Keros. And the Keros hold the pure form of this system of energy medicine. So interesting. I remember Yuval Arari was saying that the reason why they start going from the Himalaya to um, the North Pole and Alaska is because they were hunting the mammoth. And that's how then when Canada was connected, that's how they start populating the Americas. That's why maybe some of these indigenous that have these, you know, like um, eyes a little bit like, um, um, how do you say, oh my God, like the man- mandorla in Italian, like this, this like, you know, like Asian eyes a little mm, bit. Because, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you can you can see the ethnic ethnic background and genetic background of a, of a law lineage that has traveled for for many many thousand years. Um, so, when we talk about the Kero lineage, what they are offering is a system of energy medicine which they call the energy wheel, the en- and the energy medicine wheel, the shamanic medicine wheel. This is a. Uh, an ancient system, a beautiful system, uh, oral tradition of enlightenment, of working through the layers and the the dimensional layers of a human being to be able to transcend and come to its highest completion of, of existence. The medicine wheel, if you look into the traditional Native American um, traditions of medicine, you will find traits of this medicine wheel all over the Americas, also all over the world. We are look, looking at the classical depiction of the four corners, the circle with the four cardinal corners within them. This is one of the oldest symbolizations we can find in Pekate things, we can find in all traditions. And this ultimately represents the medicine wheel. So depending on what culture you work with, if it's African or North American or South American, some of the archetype, archetypes, the archetypal animals, the spirit animals that are used will differ. Um, in the Keros cage case, we are talking about four archetypes that we work with. So to give a bit of, I'll give a bit of introduction if that's okay to it, to explain it for those who are new to this. So, The medicine wheel is a circle with four corners. Each corner represents a cardinal direction, south, west, north, and east. Each of these directions um, is hosted by an archetype spirit animal, an archetype uh, of energy. It's uh, metaphorical in a way, it's representable. I share that just to not get confused when we mention animals in terms of energy medicine, but it's, it is the, the spiritual forces, the spiritual wisdom that these animals carry. So in the South, we work with what the Kesho called the, the question language, the Kero language, they call the Sachamama. Sachamama, it's translated into come mother, but we use the word Sachamama 
to inviting the great serpent of the South. Um, the medicine of the South is regarding the dimension, the physical dimension of existence, our human body, our external experience of life, our relationships, our physical health. It is the beginning of the journey when you initiate into this lineage of shamanism. It is the beginning of your journey of starting to purify your body, of starting to let go of the material world in the sense of uh, attachment. There are traditional initiations you do in the South. And also when you are initiated and you become a carrier of this lineage, there are certain um, rituals that you offer on the basis of this serpent energy. The um, sacred, sacred space we work in, the first texts of the prayer when we open the sacred space is that we call to the South, we call the great serpent, and we ask the great serpent to come, the great mother serpent to come and wrap her coils of light around us for her to teach us how to shed the past like she sheds her skin. When we move from the south and we come to the west, we come to another dimension of medicine within the medicine wheel. The west is represented by Otorongo, by the great mother sister jaguar. In the West, we come to the realm of the mind. We move dimensionally from the physical world into the world of the mind, into the world of perception, into the worlds of beliefs. What the Jaguar is here to teach us is to become fearless. It is to face and work through our fears and ultimately transcend the fears of death. Um, in particular, when you work and being initiated into the west of the medicine wheel, what you're learning there is to work with intrusive energies particularly. So when we talk about intrusive energies, that is where shamanism becomes a bit more mysterious and, and, and spooky for some. The Jaguar, it teaches us how to work with two forms of intrusive energies. One is called fluid energies, the other one is called crystallized energies. Basically what we're talking about here is how do we work with earthbound spirits? How do we work with spirits or entities that are attached to, to our field, which we will come deeper into? Um, we also work with cords, contractual cords, meaning codependencies we have with family members, with ancestors, with other beings, uh, living or past. There's much we can say about the medicine wheel in the corners and in terms of this podcast, I want to go through it a bit quicker with you. So ultimately in the West, we transcend our identities, our roles. We want to come into the pure self, the, the, the true self, the essential self, as is also called. And when you transcend from the West to the North, that is when you're transcending the body and mind and you're coming into the dimension of the hummingbird, the royal hummingbird. The Royal Hummingbird is the archetype of the North. It is the dimension of the soul. So we go from body, mind into the dimension of the soul. And it's interesting because in the dimension of the soul, we learn that the soul communicates through emotions and images. There is no longer a physical presence. There is no longer a, a linear time space perspective. 
There are no longer thoughts or perceptions. It is all based in images and emotions that the soul carry. And here we learn how to heal those emotions, how to change, change those images, how to evolve those images, either if they come from a current lifetime or if they come from a past lifetime. This is where we do what we call soul retrievals, where we track, learn how to track and to find the times and places in our timelines where we lost essential parts of ourselves. In the North, it's all about becoming whole on a soul level. And it is about starting to commune with spirit, starting to understand the relationship with the greater all, the, the infinite being. As we move into the East from the North, we come into the archetype of the eagle, Apuchin. And the energy of the East is all about energy. That is all about unmanifested potential. It is our communion with the great spirit, God, source, whatever one would like to call it. And here we learn how to, to dream the world into being. How can we be a, um, in service to spirit? How can we be in service to humanity? How can we be in selfless service and learning how to read the signs of destiny, reading the signs of synchronicity to understand how we are meant to be in service. So, um, as I said, there's so much we can share about the medicine wheel. So now to keep it short, we have four corners. South is, south is serpent, west is jaguar, north is hummingbird, and east is eagle. That is the preliminary foundation of the medicine wheel. Allow me just to maybe put all this into context for people that didn't uh, hear the first two episodes. You know, ultimately, Louis is a therapist, um, is a shaman, but is basically helping people with um, psychological or spiritual crisis. Um, he used these three principles to help people to you know find themselves, reconnect themselves, dealing with you know addiction, depression, trauma, childhood trauma, recent trauma, sense of being lost, midlife crisis, heartbreak. Um, so now we're gonna hear how the third module of the deep mind will be how all this knowledge and wisdom you heard, how all this can be integrated for the first two principles and applied for alleviate human suffering. So, the medicine wheel is all about evolution. It's all about spiritual and evolution. And what makes this system unique in terms of most shamanic practices is that it's, it is very scientific. From a, from a quantum uh, mechanics point of view. So what you learn from the Keros is that a human being consists of a body and a mind, but the true, true essence of a human being is what we call the human energy field. By the human energy field, I refer to the subtle bodies that every human being has. These are known as the seven main chakras and the auric fields that surround and encompass each chakra. Seven chakras, seven fields. In the lore and the cosmology of the Keros, we learn that there are also additional chakras, particularly 
we work with the eighth chakra. The eighth chakra is hovering a few inches above the crown. It is what we call the Virakocha. The Virakocha, this eighth chakra, this is the part of us that never dies. This is the part of us that reincarnates from body to body to learn to resolve its karma and to become whole, to have a clear field. So why is this relevant in terms of the work I do and, and how I help people? In this shamanic lineage, we learn that all our physical and mental and emotional suffering ultimately comes from the imprints, the sources of seeds, of memories that we carry in this human energy field. So becoming clear, becoming a, a whole bone, as we call it, a hollow bone, a clear channel, our work is to clear this energy field. It is to track and find the contracts, the imprints, the times and places that go beyond linear time and activate evolutionary processes in the field of these imprints and these, these karmic pasts. So I can give a I can give an example to this how it how that how that works. We're giving we're given a very specific system of energy healing. The Keros, we work with what we call the Kuyas. We work with something called me um, energy medicine stones. So when you are initiated into this lineage, in the end, when you've gone through all the rites of initiation, you will have what's called your Mesa, which consists of 13 stones, 13 stones that have been activated in a spiritual way. You will work with uh, tracking tools, pendulums, feathers, rattles, spirit water or agua de flores. You work with shamanic tools to help clear and move energy in the field. And then you work with very particular rituals to move this energy. So when someone comes to me to work in the shamanic sense, we would first start with understanding the story of what is happening in this person's life, what's going on for them. From there, when we go deeper, we can track to see that most of the problems that presents itself, that presents itself in your current reality is often based on your perception and your beliefs of what is happening. When we track this deeper, we go into the level of the mind, we can often find that there are wounds in the past, traumas that have been unprocessed and that have created a certain charge, a certain constriction of energy that is co-creating our current reality of what we depict as, as difficult in our lives. When we come into the shamanic realm, we take it one layer deeper. We go from the personal trauma, the experience we had in childhood or whatever it is that we're working with, that we look at the core as the core of, of our trauma and challenge, and we bring it deeper. It can track into the ancestral line, seeing that 
we are not the only ones that have this particular contract and design, but it has been inherited either through the maternal or paternal line, either through our ancestors, our grandmothers, or our grandfathers. So here we track to understand intuitively, metaphysically, what is the contract that we are here to fulfill? What is the higher understanding we're here to fulfill? And in that case, sometimes we can come to an ancestor. We can come to an unresolved contract, an ancestor that died uh, while still holding a trauma, while still holding um, an unresolved process within them. We can also track reincarnately, meaning instead of tracking through the ancestral line, we receive information from past lives, from other lifetimes where our soul body, our biofield, lived in another time, another place, another name, another body. But it experienced something and made a certain contract around that experience that has been transferred into the field and that has been reincarnated into the client's body. So the client is ultimately having to resolve karma from a soul level from another life. Yeah, <clears throat> this is super interesting. Um, I had um, Ben Delonen here, um, who's the founder of IC Years, this nonprofit to help, um, you know, really create a cultural context to integrate psychedelic into uh, Western medical system. And he was saying that, you know, one of the... One of the issues is that you know in the in the Western medical framework we see medicine as object that we take, whereas ayahuasca for indigenous tribe it's more like a process. It's a process of ancestor healing that that require certain knowledge and wisdom, and um, so I I totally hear you when you say that um, in this in this cosmovision of the cuero the um, your mental well-being might not be only connected to your biography. For some of our listeners, um, I mean, most of them are converted in a way, but for some of the more hardcore secular materialists, um, this kind of um, you know methodology required for you to believe that there is some sort of, of cosmic intelligence that precedes humans right the, the the famous debate in science you know the hard problem of consciousness of mind over matter who created awareness the brain or is awareness that was that was pre um existing that created the brain um do you think just to bring it back to a little bit more um scientific if you want uh, recent Recent um, progress in, in quantum physics, actually the Nobel Prize in, in 2022 was given to these three scientists who actually proven the quantum entanglement. So it means that on a subatomic level, two objects that can be one in China and one here, just by observing one object here, it changes molecular structure halfway across the planet. So this idea of the Newtonian-Cartesian idea of this gigantic mechanical clock which is all the stars and planet, which is independent of the observer, this subject-object duality has just been proven wrong. <laughs> so mainstream, medicine, mainstream media don't, don't even cover that very much. But so this is, you know, in my sounds a bit woohoo, 
but if you do your homework in recent uh, discovering quantum physics is not woohoo at all i just wanted to ground it back okay what's next fascinating yeah giancarlo it's uh, very interesting to look at quantum mechanics these days um i say that because they are translating and proving much of the language of shamanism so when we work with the keros in the shamanic energy medicine wheel we're working uh, beyond time space we're working beyond the newtonian laws of physics far beyond to give an example of this i'm drawn to share a little bit about the indigenous sacred alchemy that we learn as part of the medicine wheel when we work with sacred alchemy we call upon the natural forces of the universe the natural laws of the universe to come and support us in an evolutionary process the four corners like i mentioned south west north east also represents the natural forces of nature they represent in the south gravity in the west electromagnetism in the north weak nuclear force and in the east strong nuclear force and no it's it can be a lot to follow so please bear with me so when we work with alchemy we work with entanglement theory when we work on behalf of a client and a particular situation for a client what our work is consisting of in some cases is that we track for the client we track to find a trace of energy of what the client is experiencing that can be a memory it can be an emotion it can be anything that the client can bring to the table that has an energetic signature to it and this is where entanglement comes in for us what we do is we pair an object we use a medium to pair with the signature of the energy the client is coming with so let's say um someone has experienced a deep trauma they're ve- they're very in in grief they're experiencing a lot of emotion what we would do in sacred alchemy is that we would use objects use natural objects uh, natural elements they can be stones it could be wood it can be water it can be fire we use first the medium to connect and pair the medium to the energy the client is experiencing when i say pair i mean if we working with a stone or a piece of wood the client would hold this stone they would intentionally using intention as a binding factor as electromagnetism and gravity to bind their energy into this medium they could blow in the stone we usually blow three times they could have it close to them as they're sharing what's happening and intentionally we pair the energy the client is having to the electromagnetic energy of a stone or a wood, or a piece of wood any live material that has an electronic electromagnetic vibration once these two are paired it means that they coexist they are entangled to each other what that means is that whatever you do to that stone whatever process you take that stone through 
you will take the energy of your client through the same process. So then we bring the stone or the piece of wood or the medium we work with, we bring it into alchemy. We One way of doing it, as an example, we create what we call a sand painting or a mandala. We create an energetic structure made of natural materials in the ground. We set up what we call a microcosmos, a sacred space around this structure by using the prayers to bring in the archetypes, by giving offerings. And we also work with the moon, with lunar cycles. We allow for a minimum of 14 or 28 days to pass as a time period for the alchemy to work. With the intentions that we put into this alchemy, the intentions of healing, of dissolving, of clearing the energy, once we offer this to the lineage and the archetypes, and as the time goes, something very particular happens. It's like we connect with an energy that we pair, and when the medium is paired and we bring it into the alchemy setting, we start bringing that energy through evolutionary moments. As a shaman is doing this, as the period of this is happening, what we see is that spontaneous changes happen in the life of the client. It is mysterious, it is inexplainable, it is the, it is the law of synchronicity and possibility, but somehow spontaneous, spontaneous changes happen as we work in this type of way. I can give another brief example, a very classical example is fire ceremony. In fire ceremony, we work the same way. We use old pieces of wood that have been made sacred through ritual. And then the clients, they take these pieces of wood, they bring them with them, they blow their, 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 their emotions, their experiences into them. They commune with a piece of wood until the piece of wood becomes identified and paired with what they're working with. Then we call in for ceremony, usually during full moons, we call in for fire ceremony. We create a sacred fire, an alchemical fire, and then we bring the piece of wood to the fire and we burn it. And as we burn that wood, as the energy dissolves and goes back into nothing, through entanglement, it sends the energy as above, so below, as within, so without. So the energy that... Um, the core of the energy of what the client is holding also starts dissolving and moving through its evolutionary process. And that can cause a cascade of effects in a human's lives. Uh, these aren't just processes that are happen by themselves and, and gone. These processes usually initiate big life changes in, in on behalf of the client's life, um, presenting them with the karmic teachings that they have to experience to heal the, the, the trauma or the karma that they're carrying. Yeah, I remember those fire ceremony in um, in Guatemala. It's a it's a Mayan practice. I'm sure that there's many different traditions. But so this is fascinating that you can um, basically transfer your sorrow into a piece of wood, and then once you burn it, it's gone. <laughs> it's interesting. But so, what would be um, for the skeptic among us? Um, you need to believe in some sort of a of a of a field that we are all connected to, some sort of like morphogenetic field, like Sheldrake was talking about, or uh, Nakashic records, like Bablaski was talking about, or um, 
how would you put it to 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 someone that says, "Come on, you're not gonna tell me that," you know, I'm 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 grieving the loss of a dear one, and that grief will go into a stick, and then I'll burn the stick, and it's how do we cross that uh, skepticism? So yeah, so so to be clear, it's not it's not always that easy that we can just blow our... I'm sorry, I, I barbarize it a little bit. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is one of the tools to move energy, but since we're working in, in multi-dimensional layers of perception, we also have to tend to the actual emotions, the beliefs, the physical grief. Um, the, the process of healing is a more complex one, but the use of alchemy is a powerful tool when we need support to have the energy move. If it's really stuck... If it's something that someone isn't able to get over, I see. Then this is used as a catalyst I to see. help move I see. through. I see. Um, but for those, like an emergency tool, yeah, or, or a, rit- a ritual tool, yeah, uh, a ceremonial tool, yeah, bringing um, bringing the subject into ceremony, into a, a sacred manner. So, you addressed what what we call the non-believers, and you know it's interesting because I believe everything is a it's a level of, of awareness and perception. And what you know, you know. What you don't know, you don't know. Of course, to start learning, to expand the mind, there is a lot of re- there are a lot of resources out there to to share how spirituality and science are coming together. Um, for me. This was a life calling. I saw the signs very early on and, and I had experiences very early on with, with prayer, with, with, with asking something greater than myself for support and help. And in the times where I really needed it more than anything, what it came to me, what I received was undeniable. The, the thing is with spirituality, we can try to prove it in science. I believe the Great Spirit isn't asking us to do this, that. This is a matter of faith. And it doesn't take much than just to open the eyes, look up at the skies, and just imagine the astronomic infinite of this universe. It doesn't take much to understand that this creation is beyond our understanding and our mind. And what I often say to my clients, in the end you have two choices. One, you can believe that everything is a coincidence and that there's no meaning to life and that's just the way it is. Or two, you can believe that everything is divinely connected beyond any kind of imagination, beyond the understanding of mind. But as you choose to believe that, it also can empower you with the faith that you're not alone, that there is a meaning, that there is a a purpose and the destiny with life. And the reason why the Cairo lineage for me is so important is that it is a system to define that destiny. It is a system to come into clarity, to come into oneness with the creator, to come into oneness with this greater being that we are and understand in this life, what are we here to experience? And not only understand it, but accept and surrender to what we are here to experience. Yeah, this is super interesting. Uh, but so, how how would um, can you elaborate on on 
on finding your purpose with the with the Quero methodology? Great question. Okay, so the Queros they speak of uh, time. And they speak of time of not being linear. They describe time as an arrow, a circular arrow. And in the Kero lineage, ultimately, when you come to the north and the east, you come to what we call the destiny timelines. Finding your destiny, your purpose as a soul here, why you're here on earth. And what the Keros teach is that before you can connect to your future self, to your destiny line, you have to work through your past. This is because in the momentum of your life right now, so your life is a momentum, it is a timeline, it consists of many strains of time moving in one moment, coexisting, meaning past, present and future exists all at the same time. But our challenge when we're early on on our spiritual journey is that the past is informing the present. Not only the trauma from our childhood, the beliefs, the perceptions, the emotions, the patterns that we end up in, the cycles that we repeat, but also the karma from our ancestors and from our past lives is informing the present. So the beginning of the journey of the Queros is to clear the past. It is to clear the pull the past has to our present timeline. And once, once this happens, once we start to clear emotion, clear beliefs, clear the roles and the identities which isn't our true self, once we start to dissolve this, this baggage we're carrying, the essential self, who you really are, starts to emerge. This emerging self comes with ideas, comes with intuition. What the Kero, what we do in the Kero lineage to promote this process is that we do destiny retrievals. Soul retrievals were for the past and for retrieving lost soul quanta. But destiny retrievals is when we track into the future. We use very particular forms of, of journeying, of shamanic journeying, vision quests, you call them, where we track into the future and we get to see potentials of a future, pot the highest potentials of our future. They can come in the form of images, they can come in form of intuition, or they can even be downloaded as a full vision of what we're here to do. And in that process, as when this happened to myself, I found myself living a completely different life, doing something very different professionally. And when I came to the, the level of starting to receive, receiving my, my core vision, my life purpose, my life work here, it was overwhelming because my timeline, my momentum, the strains of my life and timelines were moving in one direction, but I was being asked to adapt them and change them into aligning with this greater vision that I had received. And that process was just like I explained now. I had to let go of the past. I had to let go of an identity of being a real estate agent. Um, I had to let go of all the things that no longer were in residence with that vision. I had to empty myself. And as I did that, 
synchronistically, intuitively, the next steps and pieces that I had to follow to reach my vision started showing itself. It's like spirit, you have to trust. And then you have to follow the synchronicities. And then if the vision has come to you, spirit will guide you step by step towards manifesting this. And the more you purify yourself, the more you clear the past, the more aligned, the more present and clearly you can see this vision coming into place. And then it's the mystery of following it, of manifesting it. And bit by bit you will experience the more you come in contact with it, the more the momentum moves, the more powerful the momentum becomes and the more you're manifesting and, and, and receiving this ultimate vision of, of your destiny timeline, of the, the reason why you're here. Yeah, this is fascinating. But but so, can you expand again? You, you you touch on it already. But when you say the more you clear your past, the more you can connect with spirit. What does it mean to clear your past? Okay, so the human energy field. If you imagine you having electromagnetic field around your body and your chakras, they are filled with Im- with imprints. Uh, from the cosmology, we carry three to four karmic imprints, three to four seeds. These seeds in the field, when you're born, they will activate and manifest your traumas. So when you're traumatized, when you go through an emotional experience that you can process, what happens is that your meridian system and your central nervous system constricts. It creates blockages in your system. And when spiritual energy tries to channel through you, your alignment tries to happen, you can't hold it because these constrictions are triggered, bringing up past memory, past grief that we identify with, and we go in these karmic loops that we it's call It's like them. A, it's obstructed. It's obstructed. So when I say clear the past, past, I mean clear the trauma. Clear these constrictions in the energy field and in the body so that there is more space, more awareness, more presence. And with that presence and awareness, we can stay more aligned to what is coming through us. Not, and this is an important piece because today in the spiritual world, at least a few years ago, so many were concerned about the upper dimensions, about traveling upwards, about being in the heavens. And there are many people that have many great visions, but they have problems manifesting them because they're not grounded in the body. They don't have that physical aspect of being grounded here and now and this is where these constrictions of trauma or karma come come in because it's, it's it is difficult to be grounded in the body here and now because there's no space in the body because the body gets triggered because we disassociate because the mind is all over the place because we go into the mental dimension we we the soul escapes there the rumination yeah contemplation the 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 lack of presence so for us to receive the vision, which many might have, the real work is to clear the constrictions in the body so that you can embody the vision, that you can actually ground it into this di- physical dimension. So, forgive me, I have a cheeky question. <laughs> and and if you don't want to go there because it's not your domain, it's totally fine. But when you talk about obstacle and chakra, um, you know, I've been, as you know, I've been interested in sacred sexuality re- recently, and and my Instagram algorithm has very quickly figured that out. So it sends me all kind of um, 
teachings and workshop and and there is a trend of mostly ladies offering um uh this uh, practice of yoni the armoring and also and also anal the armoring with the promise to unblock the obstruction on the ground chakra and then allowing financial flow <laughs> so i know it's a bit cheeky you know we were having a very serious conversation but this is actually for many people it is very serious but do you see some is this a marketing fad or is it possible that the crown ch- the 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 um, the ground chakra can be obstructed and some sort of like deep tissue internal massage will release some of this obstacle that then will translate into financial success? That is an amazing question. <laughs> okay. Thank you for taking it like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's t- go into the nature. I'll do my best to, to answer that. Um, okay. So, what we must remember is that the evolutionary journey of a soul, meaning the healing of karma or trauma and coming into our destiny, that is a multidimensional, dynamic, complex process because it governs different le- different, different dimensions of our being. It is governed by our body, meaning we can have lumps, constrict, con- constrictions. You mentioned... Uh, um anal um blockage or 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 or, or the, the armoring the armoring uh i can i what comes up when you share that is 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 a definition of, of as an example hemorrhoids so when you look into the central nervous system the vagal nerve when you look at the constrictions that happened through fear through fight response we can see that things like hemorrhoids things like blockages these are complex constrictions happening neurologically. Mm. Now, to become, let's say, to put this into, to, 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 in terms of becoming more abundant financially, I'll just give an example. We could be carrying, ultimately, karmic imprints that cause trauma for us in life, in childhood, that makes us constrict, close off our lower body, and through that constriction over time, we develop hemorrhoids, prostate cancer, uh, colonic cancer, different types of, 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 of injuries, of illnesses in the, in, the, in the body. And for a woman not be able to, to, to receive pleasure, lubric- lubricate and stuff like that. It can be anything from having problems, uh, ovary problems, problems with the womb, yeah, uh, yeah. cancers, breast cancers. There is a variety of, of, of illnesses that manifest. Now, once we want to heal this, we can expect a multidimensional complex process to occur. That means it's not going to be one person that comes in and puts his fingers, finger on your hemorrhoids and then they're gone. It is most likely going to be a process of linear time where you are receiving healing from different levels of medicine. And through that, you will go through psychosomatic experiences, experiencing grief, memory regression, a whole process of healing happening. When you come to the end of that healing and your root chakra and your your sacral chakra becomes more aligned, starts spinning more safely, you feel more grounded, more safe because you've gone through your, your, your experience, yes, that can put you in a position to experience more 
worth or it can set you in a position to start experiencing more worth. I personally, I, I combine the root chakra with survive, primal survival needs. This is like, am I safe in my body? Am I safe here? Um, I connect the sacral to more the, the sexual energy, the creative energy. And, and this is usually closed up by either guilt, shame or, or fear. But when it comes to abundance, for me, the, the Manipura, the, the solar plexus chakra has for me a lot of indications in terms of worthiness. Mm. This is where the, when the soul comes to an age of eight, nine in the human body up to 15, this is where our identity and acknowledgement and sense of self-worth is established. So if we were rejected, denied, ridiculed, it can damage the, the development of that chakra and the development of how we feel, how worthy we feel. So what I'm sharing is that in terms of financial prosperity, it's a, real, it's a more complex journey. Uh, and it's also the, also coming to the relationship we have to money and, and our attachment to, to money, what the purpose of money have. Um, in destiny timelines, I've never seen financial gain to be part of it, more a consequence of fulfilling your destiny and doing what you're here to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's this say that um, success happened to those too busy looking for it. That's a, that's, that's a good way to put it. Where, um, where do you want to go with it? You sent me a, lots of interesting points. Do you want to, you mentioned extracting spirits, cutting cords, ancestral and reincarnated karmic contract, divination, time travel, the kuya, soul and destiny retrieval, the death rites, ancestral constellation, soul cartography, tracking and moving energy and much more. I think we need to do a fourth episode. But um, is there, where, where do you want to talk this? I mean, personally, if maybe not now, you know, if you have time, go wherever you want. At some stage, I would like for you to try again to bring it down to um, how this understanding of this cosmic energy and this reflection in our body then ultimately can help people. You know, ultimately, I like to see Mango TV as a spiritual spiritual pragmatic pragmatist <laughs> how is this is this just an elaborate theory or are you actually getting people feeling better and i know because i recommended two three people that were in a very bad state to you and uh, including myself <laughs> and we all get incredible good benefits so i know it's working um at some stage when when you want i'd love for you to it reconciled the deep mind technology is the trickiest one to understand right because biohacking we understand uh self-inquiry we understand the deep mind technology it becomes more esoteric and people would in you know intuitively believe like okay spirit is up there it's not even with me i can believe it or not how it does affect my life and and you you did explain it with the ancestral energy but if maybe we have another go at that. yeah when, when you want Okay, well, I'll, I'll do my best here. So, okay. So yeah, we have biohacking and we have self-inquiry. We have regenerative medicine, learning the body how to heal itself physically. And we have uh, mental health, self-inquiry coming through our traumas and finding ourselves again. Now, 
those two pieces are two-thirds of the puzzle of life. DeepMind technology, what's essential about it is that it's all about the spiritual world. It's all about the greater parts of us that are that transcends body-mind, that comes into to the spiritual aspects of ourself. Now, when you go into the spiritual world, the, the challenge is that you're going to find a lot of new age information, a lot of contradictory information. So if you want to really practice spiritual wisdom, it can help to go to a lineage-based system, something that has existed for 5, 10, 30,000 years, that is, that is like um, omnipresent in the world. That time to prove themselves. Yeah. And we, we, what we can look at, we can look at Tibetan Buddhism, uh, very, has a very similar cosmology to Kero Shamanism, First, it is to, to educate ourselves and, and looking into the systems to see what they carry because the, the wisdom is, is phenomenal. It's, 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 it's existential truth that resonates for so many. Um, but I can understand, you know, we have had uh, 2,000 years of um, religious dogma. Many, are, are, many have taken a step back from believing in God or belie- having faith. So... It takes a bit of understanding to go into these these lineages. Now, what the Cairo has done for me, what that lineage has done for me, I, I share it from a very personal perspective. It is like I have been given or I'm being given guidance and support from existential resources of intelligence and the longer I've been on this path the more aligned and more precise that guidance has been given how can this help someone it's about creating meaning in life meaning in a life where it's if you come from the level of the body or the mind, it's very difficult to find meaning why you had to get so traumatized. Why did you have to go through all this pain? Why is there so much suffering in the world? It's so so difficult to come to acceptance and surrendering that. And if you can't surrender to that, you're not going to be able to grow because you're gonna be, it's going to be stuck in a life without meaning. So these... Uh, cosmologies, these these ancient lineage-based systems of spirituality, they provide an answer to why there is suffering. The Cairo and um, Tibetan Buddhists, they say the same. There is suffering because there is karma. We are on an evolutionary journey of a soul. We're not on an evolutionary journey of one human being and one body. We're traveling on a much longer trajectory of time to learn and to evolve as a spiritual being, not as a physical one. Um, I'm drawn to share, if it's okay, Giancarlo, I'm drawn to share the core cosmology of the Kero when it comes to the journey of the soul. It's very similar to the Tibetan Buddhist um, uh, sharing about reincarnation and karma. And, and I think that's a place we can start to 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 intend to throw more awareness around deep mind technology and the big picture of life okay so i'll 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 try to make it short and sweet so i mentioned this vira kocha this eighth chakra 
it's like an orb over over our heads. Um, it is the part of us that is immortal that doesn't die, but that moves from host to host, that reincarnates into being from being. It's like the soul. It's like the soul, but it's the soul from a depersonalized point of view. Meaning that soul isn't called Louis or Giancarlo. That's just a quanta of, of spirit, but it but it has an individualized point. So it is individualized in the form that it's not the great all infinite. It has condensed and manifested into um, individualized uh, for this lifetime pa- part yeah. of spirit. Yeah, not just for this lifetime, for many lifetimes. Yeah, but it is like change flavors every time it reincarnates. It's the same essence with different flavor. That's the way to put it. So what the cosmology teaches us is that in every lifetime, when we are about to reincarnate, this soul quanta, it pulls in our coming life. It pulls in our mom, our dad. It pulls in the whole life experience because it is preparing itself to learn from the karma it's carrying from its past lives. I'll run through one sequence. So, the uh, the uh, conceiving of the child happens. During the conceiving of the child, I believe it is in the seventh week, around 40, 49 days in, the soul starts to reincarnate into the body. And as it reincarnates, it means that the channeling from spirit comes down into the baby. Establishing the eight chakra over the child's head. And then the eight chakra, when it's ready, it opens and it downloads the biofield. Meaning it creates the seven chakras and it creates the auric fields. And in that, all the karmic information exists. Downloaded from your lineage. Downloaded from the eighth chakra. Into the baby. Into the baby. Into uh, from the, where? So the Virakocha, the eighth chakra, I will I will I will answer that as I continue explaining. So the Virakocha is carrying all the information from all the lifetimes of this soul. All the journeys is done. So you say from where? I'll I'll share what happens through life and then we'll answer from where it comes. So, as this is incarnated, as the the baby receives its human energy field, as the chakras develop, and as the auric fields are established, the aura around the baby is established, the life of the child starts. Now, the life of the child is going to experience, in any regard, And when I say trauma, I don't just mean like abuse and heavy stuff. I mean anything that is constricting to the soul, any karma that the soul holds is going to activate in the child's field at very particular times. These imprints that are in the field, they carry contracts from the past of when the being experienced a past trauma, a past event that it couldn't heal. The current, the current being that has been reincarnated is by design going to experience very particular traumas that are paired and entangled with the original karmic contracts of what they experienced in the past life, but they could not heal or resolve. So I'm going to fast track. So the person lived their life, they experienced 
all these uh, traumas. They get traumatized. They become a normal Western human being, traumatized. And here's what happens. And this is what the lore shares with us. When that human being who has been reincarnated grows up, becomes an adult, becomes old, and comes to their deathbed, this is where the cosmology is important. When they're on their deathbed, about five to ten minutes before they die, there's going to happen a re- there's going to happen a realization for the soul. It's said that before you die, your life reviews before your eyes. If you have a conscious death, unless you you're just shot or you die instantly, but if you die on the de- deathbed, it is said that your life reviews in fro- flashes before your eyes. What the Kero teaches us is that before you die, all your unresolved trauma that you had in the current life will become realized, meaning you will have visions, you will, ex- you will, you will realize all the unpaid debt, all the unresolved trauma that you carry, all the relationships, all the sorries you didn't say, all the things you haven't let go of, you will experience right for before you die. And the metaphysical property of this is the Kairos say that five to ten minutes before you die, all your chakras release their imprints into your main channel, into your main Nadi line. All this information goes up your main line, passes through your mind, hence you have the realizations, and then it goes back up to the Viracocha. You upload all your karma, you die, and the soul continues to travel, finds a new host, and downloads the same karma again. Wow. Viracocha is like a metaphysical uh, memory stick. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And what the care, what the Keros do here, and remember, it's a multidimensional system. It's psychological, it's physical, it's spiritual. What it does is that it helps, it can help you become aware of the trauma that you've experienced and let you see the connection that it's actually karma and empower you to resolve and live through it. And this is the big carrot. Now, this is the smoking gun. The point with all our trauma, which I called karma, is that this is essentially the soul's lessons in life. The trauma that we've experienced, the karma we're carrying, it carries the potential of gifts and soul growth. So finding our destiny is very much related to the gift side of the trauma. Because once we work through the trauma, once we realize, we will see that it wasn't just trauma, actually it was a great gift because we had, this, we had an evolution through that experience. And just to finish, the, the point of Karian sh- shamanism is to die a conscious death, death. It is to resolve all our debts, all our trauma, all our relationships, to die a peaceful conscious death without any karma. So there's no way out. We have to deal with the trauma of our lineage. We have to deal with our, the trauma of our life, and our, the trauma of our life is directly connected to the karma of the soul. So it is, it's a, it is the liberation we're looking for lies in our trauma and yeah. the healing of our trauma. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a it's a little bit of a sometimes it's a bit of the, the depressing view of life. No, I mean you need you need to, as you say, you need you have to see this this trauma as an opportunity for growth. But um, I mean, ideally, you want a viracocha at the end 
of the journey where is 99% pure. Would you re- would you want that for your son? I mean, I hope his viracocha is towards the end. I mean, it, where is the value in 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 um, in having all this um, you know traumatic event that you have to deal in this lifetime? It's it's hard, and it's painful. Yeah, and and it, you know that it's all about how you perceive it, because that's the thing. If you don't believe in any spiritual journey, any cosmology, any lineage-based wisdom, if you don't believe in that, you're going to be potentially very trapped in the trauma and the, the suffering of the experience because there's no meaning behind it. So when I say you can choose, either it's a coincidence or it's a design. No, but you can believe it, but it's still hard. Yeah. Rewiring your brain. Yeah, no, it's hard. And, 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 that, and that again comes to perception because... And this is uh, this is up to interpretation. This is just my own belief. But uh, having being a spiritual being, living a physical life, by nature that is contracting, condensing. It's human life. It, it's it's desi- It's not designed for us to suffer. But pain is part of human life. It, the the understanding of emotions, the understanding of all the notes and dimensions of being a human being. It's all part of life. Now, if you can connect spiritually, either through a shaman or through another teacher or through your own practice, then you might, when you connect spiritually, you can start to receive higher insights and realizations about your trauma. You can almost depersonalize it or, or, or connect to a source of wisdom that makes it more palatable and, and, and more sustainable to live and work through th- trauma. It's a source of inspiration and a source of, of potential that comes down to you uh, rather than being lost and stuck in the darkness. You know, I know this conversation very well because that's the eternal debate between my wife and I where she says that you know, healing our trauma is our life journey, she says. And, th- and then I would say... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult thing to put in words, but I still think that um, I understand. I understand more than any time in my life. In the last year, I had a real, I would say, spiritual awakening, and I'm really developing a connection with spirit and source. And um, so, I still think that the trauma healing. It's, you know, if you're lucky enough that your lineage is almost completely healed, it's better. <laughs> Does it make sense? If, if, if I could, if I wish on my son who's 10 years old, uh, you know, I hope his viracocha is pretty clean. I would never recommend a very dirty viracocha to anybody. Yeah. Well, and forgive me the language. I'm yeah. trying to. So the, the viracocha is, the viracocha is our purest space. Uh, although the Viracocha downloads the human energy field, which have these imprints, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't call it good or bad or or judge it in any way. It, it's, or clean it's, or dirty. Yeah, it, it is. That is where the trust, the existential trust, comes in because every soul is here for their own being and purpose, and nobody wants our children to suffer. But but we have we do have to consider accepting their surrender, journey, surrender their journey. Now, something came up I want to share. Um, so, you know, 
some people today are stuck. They're stuck without meaning, purpose. They don't know where to start or go. Um, for me, when I was at that time, it was about putting my hands together in prayer, about starting to set intention for wanting to grow. Although I didn't know the next step, I didn't know where to go, at least there had to be an intention, something inside me wanting to expand and grow. Now what I've experienced directly is that once you start that prayer of growing and expanding, the next thing that's going to happen is that the next the, the 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 nearest blockage inside you that is inhibiting your immediate next step of growth is going to show itself so you're going to have to deal with something and work through it and by working through that particular thing it will initiate the gro- next phase of your growth yeah no pain no gain he says Arnold yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah so and this happens throughout life the more you expand the more you grow the more you embody your vision my experience, there is always a next step of your evolution where you're being asked to go through a process that you have to go through. And, and, and that is the nature of karma. You can clear the karma, but once you activate and clear a karma, it just means it's ready for you to experience in physical form. Yeah, yeah. John, John Halifax, um, the, the, the Zen monk, um, calls them lucky dark. That you know all this darkness, and uh, it's just they're lucky because you grow, you grow through darkness. So um, I get it, I get it. So you need, you need to surrender to 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 your karma, and the spiritual evolution is linked to awareness of painful and pain that needs to be transcended, and that's the work. And as much as you want to wish your son to minimize his work, um, he's gonna have work to do. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know. But he's a human. He's a human in, in living in these days. Yeah. Usually, most humans that live today in the Western world, yeah. we got work to do. Yeah. So how? Do, let's wrap it up. Um, let's give us a little bit of a personal flavor. So uh, I can see how you know our first episode was a year ago. There was no mention of Gabor Mate. Um, then the second one was in February. I mean, I see your evolution also. Also, I've been working with you in what I call a trauma-informed shamanic system, which was very powerful. Um, um, so how how do you feel in your life now? Is there anything you want to share? I, I know something's happening across the Atlantic. You want to share about that? How How do you feel? I want to know, one, how do you feel? How things are evolving for you? And also... Um, uh, you know, advice for maybe people that want to follow your professions or people that are stuck, some practical uh, advice. Okay. Well, I find myself, I say I find myself in my fourth spiritual turning. Mm. What What that means is that since I started awakening many years ago, there have been four turnings, four expansions I've had to live through and the last one has been the last six years it's when I received the vision of Genesis this this lineage this this modern healthcare system and I had to let go of my whole life my work I had to really scrap the majority of myself that was uh, the fourth uh, 
Um, that was the beginning of the fourth turning for me. Oh wow! But so the first one was many many years ago. Yeah, the first one was in uh, 2006. Ah. It would be my first spiritual awakening. Um, Let's go through that real quick because that's it. That's more human. Let's humanize you a little bit. Can you be um, okay. concise on the four uh, turn? The the first turn or the fourth? The, turn? All the all of them. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's a long story, but I'll try to I'll try to sh- wrap it up to share it with you. Um, okay. So 2006. I live in Oslo, real estate agent. Uh, I have spiritual ideas, but I'm not really spiritual at all. So I'm, I'm partying and going to Ibiza, traveling to Ibiza alone several times a year to just be there and <laughs> go crazy. So in 2006, I'm in Ibiza. I go crazy. I sit 5 a.m. at SV, the hotel in Figuretas, and um, a security guard there listens to me talking about astronomy in the universe. And he says to me, dude, I want you to come and meet the Oracle in Ibiza. And I had no idea what he was talking about. So I said, uh, okay, when? He says, tomorrow I pick you up. I said, I'm, I'm flying back to Norway tomorrow. I said, oh, I pick you up in the morning. We go there one hour session. Okay. So I, he picks me up Monday morning. I go to uh, see this Oracle who actually is a hypnotherapist. Uh, but I meet her. She says, lay down. She asks me to close my eyes. She gives me my first experience of a guided meditation. During that guided meditation, she puts her hand on my left shoulder. And I have ex- an experience of something that feels like a cloud in my chest opening, uh, um, expanding, and then just combusting, just dissolving. And as it does that, I just feel a deep, deep sadness and grief come out and I start crying. No understanding of why, but it happened. I said, thank you very much. I leave. I travel back to Oslo. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning to get ready to go to work. And in the moment I wake up, I wake up uh, indulged in a completely new and foreign state of awareness. Beautiful. I wake up and I am fully, deeply in love. And I don't know what's happening to me. I call my parents. I'm like, what's happening? I, like, I feel just immense amounts of love. <laughs> for, for who? For everybody? For everything. I did, it's just an unconditional sense of love. But, but, but with a heightened awareness that is, that is beyond my thoughts. So it's just love. Incredible. I, I, I put on my suit and my tie. I walk to work. As I walk to work, I walk, walk past the King's Park in, in Oslo. And I see all the trees. And I stop and I spend an hour with the trees hugging and feeling the earth it's like I, I it's like i have a connection to everything i never had before like a psychedelic experience that's it i had tried mushrooms once in my life 10 years earlier and that was the only reference point i had but i hadn't taken anything so what happens is that i go for a week carrying this energy and in that week i i have received lots of intuitive messages i share them with my friends my friends start going through crises and stuff because the trauma is being brought up because I'm intuitively being asked to share it with them. It's a crazy week. But long story short, after seven days, I collapse. I get a high fever for three days. And then I'm sick for two weeks. And once I come out of that sickness after two weeks, I'm back to my normal self. And I have no, I can't even access where I was. But I know it happened. And I'm, I have no idea what happened. So in that moment, I decide, I said, that's it. Okay, I need to ask the big questions. Who am I? What am I doing here? What just happened? 
And uh, from there in 2006, that took me on a three-year study of studying every single science I could think of that was existential to life, and also starting to study spiritual texts and information. And that led me in 2009 to connecting with Alberto, the Keros, also connecting to Osho as a meditation teacher and via Bhavra Tantra. And in 2009, in June 2009, I had my second turning, meaning I reawakened and had that same experience for three weeks. How? how? Uh, well, in one moment, I realized meditation. So I realized that I existed, that I could be aware, that I can, through my senses, switch on and focus my senses on the present. And by doing that, my mind would stop. And the more intensely I focused on the present, the more energy resources I would receive through my channels. So I did, I left everything, my work, I stopped everything in one day when I realized. I started focusing and centering my awareness constantly from when I woke up to when I went to bed. It took three, four days, and then whew, I awakened. Then I jumped on the plane, flew to Ibiza, and lived outside here in Ibiza for three weeks. No hotel, no money, no nothing. I just stayed present with, with, with spirit and allowed spirit to guide me through what I call the second turning, the second awakening. And when I landed from that, I could hold all the information, I could keep all the, the, the guidance that was given. And the message was, leave Oslo, leave your job, leave your whole life and come to Ibiza and start your journey. Nice. And I did. <clears throat> Then the third was when you left uh, hospitality? N no, so the third turning happens um, in a period from 2015, 16, 17, I started working more deeply with, uh, with ayahuasca, with plant-based medicines. Um, I started going deeper into my spiritual journey. And then the third turning comes into 2017 when the vision is downloaded of Genesis. And then that, that start, that ends the third turning. And then the fourth turning starts from 2018 towards today that is the, the the real renaissance of my of my evolution where i've let go of all my past all my identities worked very thoroughly through my trauma in this life all my karmic imprints gone through hundreds of ceremonies initiations the full initiation of the keros as one of them and where i find myself now is that now i'm coming more and more into a steady alignment. And because I'm in that alignment, because I'm channeling and bringing through me, or because what is coming through me is allowed to be so stable, the momentum is expanding immensely. Hence, much more people are coming into my life, more opportunities, more resources. And this, this healing clinical wellness center in Mexico is, is part of that. So it's, it's, it's really, once you commit yourself and dedicate yourself and you stay on the path and you use all the resources you can for yourself to grow, there will come a point where you will start expanding and growing. And when you start doing that, the, the forces of nature will come with you. And you will see that through being supported through family, friends, resources, colleagues, opportunities. You will just know that you're in that flow. And, and, and then, then you're dreaming the world into being. Then it's just keep on going. Just keep on going. Amazing, amazing. This is very interesting. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Really, I took advantage of your time-wise. Um, 
um, I just wanted to make sure that the audience understood that, um, you know, Louis said that he's had the download of a new healthcare, but it's not new, the healthcare, because what we have today, we don't have a healthcare, we have a sick care. The way the healthcare is structured today, you only see the doctor when you have some symptoms, and normally the doctor give you a prescription to address those symptoms. What a healthcare is, is a, you know, is a system based on staying healthy. It's a holistic approach to mind, body, and spirit, as you heard for the last hour and a half. So I think that this approach is revolutionizing healthcare and some smart doctors are already looking at uh, mind and spirit, not just at the body. Um, last question for you is, um, if there is a young, you know, I don't know, 20 years old, young adult who has this calling to help people, he doesn't know if he wants to be a doctor or a psychotherapist or what advice would you give? I mean, how do you become a practitioner of the third millennium holistic healthcare system? So my suggestion would be for anyone who wants to go into the health um, practitioner um, role is to take your time and really study the postmodern systems that are coming out. Because alone on your own or or, 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 or in, there is some university, some college? Yeah, so, so first when I say study, I don't mean go into study, I mean investigate and explore all the postmodern systems that are coming out because they're revolutionary. Like Gabor Mate. Gabor Mate, Dr. Richard Swartz, if you want to go into mental health, psychotherapy, if you go into regenerative medicine, you go into epigenetics, biohacking, microbiology. There is a symphony of these out there, and there are schools and universities that are establishing these curriculums. So I would take some time to look outside of the traditional systems and start educating of what is there. And what you might find, like I did, you will find, you will come across particular curriculums of study that just resonate with you. Follow your resonance, follow your bliss, mm. and then understand that this path is long, what I see today, just to finish, what I see and what I work with today is that I see an evolution of health uh, practitioners coming out. And what I see that is unique to them is that they're multi-skilled. They're not trained in one tradition. They have two, three, four traditions. They're hungry to continue learning. And most importantly, they embody their own medicine. So no matter what kind of healer you are, you will only bring your client to the level that you reach yourself. Mm. So your embodiment mm. on top of the um, practical skills, that is the symphony. Doing your own work, acquiring the foundation of skills, and then you'll be a, you'll be a badass therapist to help everyone in the world today. Amazing, this is a, this is a really good advice. Let me just, um, re let's repeat, so we can put it in the show notes in terms of the postmodern, interesting, alternative, uh, you know, more holistic uh, um, medicine model. So let's mention them again. Uh, Gabor Mate, then Schwartz. Yeah, so Gabor Mate with uh, Compassion Inquiry is super unique because it's somatic therapy, but it also has a lot of theory and, and um, teachings around psych psychological health. Yeah. Um, Internal family system, Dr. Richard Swartz, yep. also a great system to work with. Yep. 
um, transpersonal psychology is another system from uh, Stan Sangroff. Yeah. Uh, psychedelic assisted therapy, mm. another great system. Yeah. And the last yeah. one is polyvagal theory. Mm. These are five systems. They they work within each other, and and I believe that the really good therapists they have a foot or a finger within all of them. Um, if you're interested in the Cairo lineage, you can visit the Four Winds Society, fourwinds.com. There you can go straight in. You will see a universe of shamanic teachers, initiators, and you can start easy or go all in and, and learn these amazing tools from the Cairo and the energy medicine system. Amazing. And, yeah. and just to mention, there, there are, m from what I see and work with, there are many therapists today that are trained as psychotherapists and shamans together. Because the, the, you want to develop this trauma-informed shamanic uh, values and, 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 and skill sets. And system. Well done. Thank you very much, Mr. Vallotti. We'll see you in uh, six months and see to, to check with you and what's new with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Coca, sonara, sonara, yente. 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 Coca, sonara, sonara, yente.